What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. If you didn't listen to my last episode, which was posted on Saturday, you missed out on me introducing my new co-host, Zach Hamill. He'll be joining me most likely every other Friday for the foreseeable future. Uh, me and Zach did a whole NBA podcast episode, so if you want to go check that out on Spotify, that episode was posted on Saturday. Um, if you haven't done so already, if you can please give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. Be greatly appreciate it. Post some cool graphics there. Do Instagram live sessions there. You can check out my last one I did with Jordan Palmer, former NFL quarterback, talking about Josh Allen's development. Really great conversation. Awesome guy. Uh, really think you guys should go check that out. Today, I'm be going into the Bills Chiefs preview for tonight's game, kind of going over the keys to the game, um, some key storylines. Then be going into some Sabres talk, talking about where they rank right now in the NHL after they made their first set of free agency moves and what moves the Sabres still need to make in order to be a playoff contender, as well as touching on potential new divisions for this year because of COVID. And then finally, I'm going through some Bills trade targets at the deadline as that approaches um, coming up. But starting off with the Bills Chiefs, they will be playing at 5 o'clock today on Monday Night Football in Game 1 of 2. The Cowboys and Cardinals is after. This game was originally supposed to be Thursday night, but because of um, the Titans-Bills game getting postponed to Tuesday, they moved this game to Monday. Both teams coming in at 4-1, and one, coming off of losses to Bills, getting blown out Tuesday night to the Tennessee Titans. Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs are coming off a pretty big loss to the Oakland, or excuse me, the Vegas Raiders. Um, they didn't lose by a ton, but they got you know, 30-plus dropped on their heads by a Raiders team that's been very scrappy all year. Um, it's going to be a cool matchup for coaches between McDermott and Reed. McDermott used to learn under Andy Reed um, all the way back, dating to Philadelphia. So a little cool story there. Then obviously you have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, two MVP candidates, both having outstanding years going head-to-head. Will we see the throw-off before the game tonight? I don't think so, but fans can only hope. Um, Le'Veon Bell, both the Bills and the Chiefs were in the mix after the Jets got rid of him. Um, he ultimately ends up signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. He will not be playing tonight because he has to go through the five-day COVID process before being able to go to the team facility. So he won't be here tonight. It would have been a really nice addition for the Bills to get him. Um, their run game has been lackluster, to say the least, to start the year. But hopefully we can get it going. Um, looking at the injuries for tonight's game, uh, Kansas City's fairly healthy going to it. Their two big losses is Sammy Watkins, who is out. Um, and Coleccio Semele was placed on IR, one of their key offensive starting linemen. So um, definitely a loss there. For Buffalo, Dawson Knox is out. Um, Matt Milano, John Brown, Quentin Spain, and Tredavious White are all questionable. Um, I think Milano and Trey White both have a really good chance to play based on their uh, practice logs this week. John Brown, I'm a little more concerned because he had a few full practices and then ended the week with a limited 
Um, that's never a good thing to see. Usually that means you have a setback, or the Bills could just be taking precaution with him. Um, if he plays tonight, that would obviously be outstanding. Quentin Spain, same type of thing. He was limited throughout the week, had a one, I believe, full practice. I don't expect him to play, um, but those are really the injuries. The keys to the game are pretty simple for Buffalo. They have to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes while also not allowing the big play to happen. And what I mean by that is teams have been able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but he's athletic enough that he's able to get outside of the pocket. And when he does, he can make any throw on the field. You've seen him throw it across his body. You've seen him do the no-look passes. You've seen him throw it 70 yards downfield on the run, on the line, you know, to Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, whoever it may be. So when the Bills get to Patrick Mahomes, the edge rushers have to do a good job of containing him and making it an in-the-pocket sack. And if he does get outside, the Bills' secondary and linebacking core has to do whatever it takes to find where Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are. Um, Matt Milano playing today, if he does, is obviously huge. He is one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. You can see how badly the Bills have struggled, not only against the tight ends, but just in coverage in general when he's not out there. Um, him and Tremaine Edmonds play a lot better when they're together. You've seen Edmonds struggle, obviously, with the shoulder injury. Um, but when he doesn't have Matt out there and they don't have that same connection, Edmonds struggles too. So if they can get Milano back, try to do whatever they can to limit Travis Kelsey because you're not going to stop him. It's just like you weren't going to stop Darren Waller, but you were able to limit him to a certain extent. You know, you saw what happened when Milano didn't play when they had Mike Gesicki. You know, Jonu Smith had a day against the Bills um, when he didn't play versus the Titans. So it's obvious that Kelsey is a huge part of their offense. Tyreek Hill is going to be a tough matchup for Tredavious White. Tredavious White is a cornerback that wants to press you with the line of scrimmage, is good in man coverage, but... In this game, you're going to need help over the top. And I think it has to be Micah Hyde because Jordan Poyer is not nearly as fast as Micah Hyde. I think Hyde reads the ball a little bit better. Poyer's a lot more of a downhill playing safety. He's going to come up, wrap you up, hit stick you, do whatever it takes. You know, he's a very sound tackler. He does a really excellent job at adjusting throughout the game. Him and Hyde feed off each other greatly. Um, one of the top five safety tandems in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, they just need to find different looks, and I think Leslie Frazier is definitely going to get tested this week. The defense has not been nearly what it needs to be, nor what it was you know, these past few seasons, which is really odd to me because I don't know if it's just their people are figuring out how to beat the Bills' defense or where it's not playing well because if you look at the offseason – the only players the Bills really lost on the defensive side of the ball was Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, and he lost Lorenzo Alexander to, you know, retirement. Lorenzo, looking back now, is obviously a big loss. AJ Klein has not been nearly what I thought he was going to be for the Bills. Um, I think Vernon Butler and Quentin Jefferson have done a decent job. I don't think they do what Jordan Phillips does as far as getting as a quarterback, but they've done a decent job in the run game. They've shut down Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. Even though Derrick Henry had a couple touchdowns, he was very limited um, on the ground. It was a lot of garbage time. And then, you know, Shaq Lawson, you replaced with Mario Asson, who was clearly better. So I just really don't understand what's going on with the defense. Hopefully they can get it together. 
Um, obviously, there's been dealing with so many injuries throughout the year, but this is probably the first week they're fully healthy outside of having Levi Wallace. I'm interested to see if they put Cam Lewis in the slot. He had a very sound game against the Tennessee Titans, and Teron Johnson really struggled. So I wouldn't be surprised if they rotate him in. Hopefully, he is active tonight as well. Um, John Brown um, playing is a huge difference for the Bills. We saw what happened last week. Not that Gabe Davis isn't having an outstanding season, but when John Brown's on the field, the offense is just so hard to guard because you have Stephon Diggs, who had another great game. He's putting up over 100 yards a game on the season. Um, he's just that wide receiver one they need. Cole Beasley's a beast in the slot. Gabe Davis is the perfect fourth receiver to have, but John Brown really does a nice job because people realized last year he can run every single route on the route tree. And with Brown's speed to go deep, to run, you know, comeback rounds, go across the middle, it just opens up so many other things, whether it's the run game, Josh being able to get out of the pocket and run, um, let Diggs get open a little bit more, or because of the attention, Diggs draws Brown and Beasley get to have more opportunities. So him playing tonight would obviously be huge. But I think my overall biggest key to this game is that Josh has to remain composed and not let the moment get too big for him. And I think so far this year, he's done a pretty good job of that. You know, the Rams game, they got up big early. We thought we were going to crumble. And Allen kind of saved the day, led a fourth quarter drive down the field and won the game. Went on the road against a very tough Raiders team who just beat the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Um, going there, pretty much dominate all facets of the game on the offensive side of the ball. And despite, you know, the Bills getting destroyed down in Tennessee, Josh really didn't play too bad. That second interception was really bad on his part. The first one, you know, starting the game, Andre Roberts has to catch that ball. It's not really his position that he normally plays. But without Brown there, they had to get more production out of guys like him and Isaiah McKenzie. And Roberts really didn't do that. He fumbled as well. You know, the Titans just had a lot of great field position. The defense struggled. And then the offense was stagnant at times. But overall, I didn't think Allen played terribly. He had a few really nice plays. But we saw what happened last year when he played you know, New England when they were 3-0. and We saw what happened when we went into the playoffs against the Houston Texans. But then you've seen what he's done against the Cowboys and against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football and then this year against the Rams and the Raiders. He's taking that step. But at the same time, I don't want Josh going into tonight's game thinking he has to outgun and outplay Patrick Mahomes. I want Josh to go into tonight's game and just play confident, play his game, do what he's been doing all year. If he does that, he's going to throw for 300 yards. He's going to have three or four touchdowns. He's going to be able to run around a little bit. And if he has to use his legs tonight, by all means, the run game hasn't been there. They have to get that game going. It looks like Zach Moss will be back tonight. Um, I think Allen's legs are a big part of why he's gotten to where he was. Um, he's obviously shown he's a lot better passer than people give him credit for. But I think Allen needs to lock in tonight. Don't let the pressure get to you. You're both 4-1. and one. You deserve to be where you're at. Go out and prove a lot of people wrong. Just play the game you've been playing all year. Trust Brian Dable. Trust your receivers. Don't try to force it. I feel like last week... There were times that Josh was trying to play Superman because they got behind early and throw some balls that were uncharacteristic um, of how he played the first four weeks. He needs to get back to those first four weeks, 
and just trust the receivers, throw balls away, and believe that even if you do go down 7 or 14 early, that you can come back and win this game. I think the Bills have a legitimate shot at beating the Kansas City Chiefs today. It all comes down to can the offense continue to play the way they have, Josh not turning the football over, continuing his MVP-type season, and then the defense coming alive and limiting Mahomes and shutting down that run game, which they've done a nice job of um, to point this year. Moving on to the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, the Sabres have been pretty busy as far as free agency has gone so far. I detailed that all last week on Monday when they signed Taylor Hall, you know, Cody Eakin, a lot of other depth signings. Um, So just going through, looking at what they've done with the roster as far as who they offered um, deals to, you know, Brandon Montour coming back on a qualifying offer, Reinhardt, Allmark, and Olofsson have their arbitration hearings coming up at the end of the month. Um, The Sabres right now, to me, are right in the bottom five of the Eastern Conference. Because to me, I think that they're better than the Red Wings. I still think they're better than the Senators. I think they're better than the Devils. And I think they're better than Montreal. After that, you have teams like Florida, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets have been scrappy the past few years. Find ways to win. Islanders, same type of thing, have one of the best, if not the best coach in the NHL in Barry Trotz. Penguins are a question mark because they always seem to have good regular seasons, but, you know, Malkin and Crosby continue to get up their age, dealing with injuries. They traded Matt Murray away. Florida is a question mark. They underachieved last year. And then the Rangers obviously just got the number one overall pick in Lafayette. If Kako going into his second year, hopefully developing to go along with Panera and Sabanajad, all these other guys, Adam Fox, moved on from Lundquist, but got a couple good young goalies. So to me, they're still in the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. Then you look at, you know, this new division proposal. Um, It's not confirmed yet, but there has been rumors and speculation that because of COVID um, and seeing how things have been going with the NFL and the positive tests and just based on what they were able to do with the bubble, They've been talking about having East and West teams combined to form new divisions for this year, four new divisions. And one of the ones that I saw was on Spit and Chicklets podcast with Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonnette, um, where the Sabres would be in the, a division with the Penguins, Capitals, Flyers, Rangers, Islanders, Bruins, and Devils. Basically, they want to put all the close teams together. They'd have the, all the teams that are in Canada as one you know, all the teams out west in one, and then the bottom half, you know, the Florida Panthers of the world. Then you have, like, the St. Louis Blues from the Western Conference, Chicago, those type of teams um, in one division together. If that were to happen, I think that actually hurts Buffalo more just because of those teams, the only team that they're probably better than is the um, Penguins. You know, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe they're better than the Rangers, but as far as the Islanders, Flyers, Capitals, and, um, you know, Bruins go, I don't really think that there's any shot Buffalo is better than them. Um, I'm just really interested to see what the lines are like for Buffalo, and I think that kind of leads me right into my next talking point as far as the Sabres go, and it's what else do they have to do for the rest of the offseason? 
So I think pretty much their top six is set. I know there's been rumors out there that because of the Taylor Hall sign that they might be willing to move on from Sam Reinhardt. I think that'd be a terrible idea personally because um, I just don't think you're going to replace Reinhardt's production in a role that would really help the team. You know, he plays really well with Eichel. I think you don't want to mess with that. Obviously, keeping Reinhardt on, I've said it so many times, you don't keep Reinhardt out just to appease Jack, but it definitely doesn't hurt you. And based on the contracts players have been getting, I think, arbitration, uh, Reinhardt's going to be anywhere from 6 to $7 million. I don't think that's a terrible number for him. He's a consistent 60-point player. I think he, over the next few years, he's going to have a chance to get into the 70s, and maybe he'll even touch low 80s if he plays on a line with Taylor Hall and Eichel. I think that would be an excellent line. I'm also like the idea of potentially putting him on the second line with Skinner and uh, Eric Stahl, um, whether or not maybe they do another short-term deal and let Reinhardt prove it again that he can play outside of Eichel. Um, I don't know if Reinhardt wants to do that. I think he took the bridge deal last time hoping to cash out. But because of COVID, you saw Taylor Hall signing with Buffalo on a one-year kind of reset the market once again. So depending on how the market looks for Reinhardt, maybe he wants to do another one- to two-year deal. I think your bottom six is where your biggest confusion is because they assigned Eakin. I think he's probably slotting in as your third-line center. I think they do truly want Dylan Cousins to play wing this year just to gain more NHL experience. But that those young guys, Cousins, Thompson, Middlestat, I'm kind of getting the impression that they're all slotted into the NHL roster, at least Thompson and Cousins for sure. I think Middlesat's the biggest question mark, especially because if they want Middlesat to play center, I just don't see the room for him. You're not going to throw him on the fourth line. That's why you re-sign Lazar. That fourth line's pretty much set. It's going to be Lazar, Gergensen, Zaposo, um, and then probably rotating Lazar with a few other guys um, that they brought in. And then your third line is Eakin, Thompson, and Cousins probably. Um, I'm not sure how comfortable I feel with that going into the season. Whether or not they package Montour or Aristo with a middle stat to try to get a better defenseman or another forward. Even another center that you could bump Eric Stahl down to the third line and get a second line center. And then Eakin moves to your four and Lazar can kind of just plug in and play when you need him to. I'm more liking of that idea. I just think Buffalo also just needs to change their defensive core. You can't come in with the same exact decor last year. It was awful. It wasn't good. You know, right now they have the exact same decor. Montour, Ristolainen, Miller, Darlene, Okiaru, and McCabe. Um, Pilot's kind of the wild card. I think he will be here. But I think you got to try to move on from one or both of Risto and Montour. Um, and I think Kevin Adams is probably under that idea right now of trying to get some more depth and just changing. I think they like Montour. Kruger has praised how much he loves coaching Rista Lyons, so it's kind of a great area of what they're trying to do. Colin Miller could be the one that gets traded out because he didn't play a ton last year. I'm interested to see what they do there. And then the other move they need to do is obviously Carter Hutt needs to go. I think they need to buy him out. There's a decent amount of free agent goalie still available. You could try to make the move of trading for Marc-Andre Fleury for a year or two um, to pair with Allmark and really make a run at it. Obviously, you'd move a guy like Ristolainen for cap purposes. Um, but 
guys like Mike Condon, Jimmy Howard. I like Michael Hutchinson a lot. He stepped in for Colorado in the playoffs um, after their injury and goal. I wouldn't mind him um, with Linus Allmark, his arbitration hearing. It'll be interesting. I think he'll probably get around $3 million a season. Um, Brian Miller is obviously a popular fan name that people always around. I would also like the idea of bringing Miller back on a one-year. I think he's obviously better than Hutton. Um, but those are just the things I think we're going to see in the upcoming weeks of what direction Kevin Adams sees the Sabres going in, just addressing that bottom six and then the defensive core. And then final topic for today's podcast, um, just some Bills trade targets at the deadline. I think overall the Bills offense is pretty set. I think their offensive line has played outstanding. Wide receivers are obviously good to go. Um, they still have Duke Williams on the press squad, and Isaiah Hodgins has been on IR. Um, so I think they're pretty set there for depth. Even though the run game has struggled, I think Zach Moss, Yeldon, and Singletary is a, still a decent running back room. If they can go out and add another guy, um, I'm not totally against it, but I think they're probably going to stay put. If they would have got Bell, that would have been huge. I think tight end's definitely the biggest question mark. Lee Smith's kind of just a locker room guy. He's going to play once every four games or so. Um, Krop's kind of hit and miss. He's a decent blocking tight end. Dawson Knox, it's so frustrating watching him play because you see all this talent. You see what he can do in the open field, stiff-arming guys. Um, he makes a lot of tough, contested catches, but he drops so many easy balls. He's fumbled the ball a ton this year. Um, he's hurt now for the second time this season. Um, there's three tight ends that I think the Bills could definitely make a call on. I'd be calling Cleveland about David Njoku. They already paid Austin Hooper. Um, Njoku would be a nice fit for the Bills. Evan Ingram, I think, would be the most ideal fit for Buffalo because he's still young. He's already on a bad team. Maybe the Giants would be willing to move on from him for a, uh early pick, like a second or third rounder. I think that would only up the Bills' offense even more. Zach Ertz is one of my favorite tight ends and players in the NFL, and I actually think he would fit the Bills' offense really nicely. Um, but the thing with that is Dallas Goddard hurt for the Eagles right now, so I don't think they want to move on from Ertz at the moment. He's been an Eagle his whole career, and I think right now Ertz is just struggling to um, get a contract on there. He's obviously frustrated. I definitely would feel that process out, especially if they continue to be as bad as they have been all year. Um, cornerback is definitely another position the Bills need to address. You know, we saw one great game out of Josh Norman. We saw one terrible game from him. You know, Levi Wallace is definitely going to be out at least for another four to five weeks. Um, Cam Lewis did a nice job when he came in last week. Trey is finally back healthy. But a few names I'd be looking at, I look at Desmond King from the Chargers. He's a guy that can play both the slot and the outside, very versatile. Josh Jackson from the Green Bay Packers, who has not been getting nearly the snap count that he would like. Um, I know he's had a little bit of a rough year there, but he visited with the Bills before Green Bay drafted him a few years ago. I liked his fit into the Bills' defensive scheme. I think he would be more well-suited for the slot, but also the ability to play outside. So a few names there to keep an eye out for. And then I think the Bills just overall could use depth at both linebacker and then the defensive line as a whole. Quinn Williams of the Jets has already been rumored to be getting potentially traded. I don't think that would be a terrible move to try to make a move at him to pair him next to Ed Oliver. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's another interesting name for the Washington football team. You know, Trent Murphy, we already got him from Washington a few years ago. He's a guy that could be on the trade block, but based on the way defense has been playing, I think they'll probably end up holding on to him. But if you can get Kerrigan to up your pass rush, 
I think that's a move you could probably make. And then linebacker depth outside of, you know, Edmonds, uh, Milano's obviously had some injury issues already. Dotson stepped in nicely when he has had to. But AJ Klein hasn't been great. I think Hassan Riddick of the Arizona Cardinals hasn't get nearly the snaps he wants either, similar to Josh Jackson of Green Bay. Um, if you could potentially scoop him for a fourth, fifth round pick and be a depth linebacker, he's also very capable of rushing the passer in his limited uh, snaps series. Already got two sacks on the year as well, 10 tackles and a couple pass breakups. Um, so those are just some names to keep an eye on for the Bills. Um, I think it's be a great game between them and the Chiefs tonight. And then I will be back again on Friday with another episode. I'll be going over some sit them and start them for fantasy for the upcoming week. Kind of going over the top 10 power rankings for the NFL. I'll be previewing or talking about the World Series for the MLB. Um, and then we'll be talking about some other NHL you know, free agency moves that have happened outside of the Sabres. But that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Please give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. This has been an English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.